when it comes to standing up for what is right or wrong, or standing up for your faith, do you sound like, or do you actually sound like, this is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. This is one of those kind of programs today that I have a lot on my mind and a lot of things that I really believe that God wants me to share with my audience today. I don't even know where to start. Over the past two and three weeks, I've been doing a lot of reading. And I will also admit this past week, my wife and I were away in Virginia. So some of the broadcast had to be recorded in advance. And I'm really thinking about what I've been reading. And I want to share with you a number of things that have come across my desk, things that many of you have shared with me, things that I find in the news, and the things that are alarming me increasingly. When it comes to understanding how Christians should respond in this particular day and age, too many of my friends in the faith are still looking for political solutions to spiritual problems, and they don't they don't seem to get it. It's all a matter of, well, we'll take the house back in 2022 and everything will get back to normal again. No, it won't. Stop believing the lie that all we need to do is elect the right people and we can just repair everything. I don't find any case made for that in the scripture at all. Matter of fact, if anything, St. Paul writes to Timothy in his uh, epistle to Timothy in chapter 4, verse 1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons. Okay, let's understand that. That is a word from the Lord to St. Paul to give to Timothy and to the church today. And there have been people over the centuries that God has given a word of knowledge. Now, there are a lot of people that try to say they're doing that today. And I've dealt, we've dealt with it on this program before. Many of these false self-proclaimed prophets that predicted elections, predicted this and that, and the other things that never happen and, and don't happen. They've gotten pretty, well, they lived well, let's put it that way, in their ministry. Some are still trying to keep the wool over your eyes, uh, trying to pretend they never made the mistakes that they did. I know of one ministry, I'm not going to name it. I think that we had quoted that ministry and I was really concerned when they went out on a limb way back in before November 3rd, the election. And even after saying the election will be overturned, don't worry about it. You know, God's doing his thing. It never happened. And here we are today we have a different president. It is not President Trump in the United States. Uh, just in case you didn't notice, a lot of these false teachers and prophets got it wrong. And many people were led astray by by these prophets and these teachers and, and what have you. And And truthfully, I am concerned. The church over the years has gotten weaker and weaker. Over the weekend, I shared with you the thought about where we are in the United States today, and it's even worse in other parts of the Western world. There was a news story that came out about 
I don't know, 10 days ago. And it indicated that for the first time in our history of the nation, the United States, for the first time in history, the number of people that identify with belonging to a church or synagogue or even a mosque is now 47% of the population. Now, I pointed out to my wife the other day, we were talking about that. I said, you know, let's let's tear that statistic apart. It said 47% of, of people identify or attend a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. I said, let's just break down the faith. Let's go to the let's go to the Christian faith first. How many of those people that identify or go to a quote church are going to a Bible believing or a church that is truly following Jesus Christ? Or are they going to some demonically filled woke experience where people run around with their rainbow vestments and marrying two men at the altar? and adopting every social justice cause that comes down the pike. We have a lot of churches now. They're in decline, too. Thanks be to God that the churches that have abandoned the faith are actually shrinking, and they're shrinking quickly. In my opinion, not fast enough, but they are shrinking. Now, what does that mean? Of the 47%, what percentage of the 47% are truly believers and they just don't make a lot of noise? You know, in other words, they, they, they talk, you know, there's some that talk a good game, but when push comes to shove, are they going to be there for the cause of Christ? This pandemic has proven a few things. Many of the churches are willing to capitulate and cave in to secular authority without any challenge or question. Now, some have been bold to stand up. Many others are not. It's kind of like, thank you for saving us, Mr. Governor or Miss Governor, because without you, we would all die. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime. We're really coming to a time and I've used this term before, and I think it is so fitting, the church wimpy. We're not the church expectant. We're not the church militant anymore. We're the church compliant, the church wimpy, the church useless. Too many attend a church just for their own gratification and feeling. Some of these churches today, they're more like concerts and pep talks with a little Jesus on the side. How many of those, if they had to make a choice of losing their job, they might have a wonderful job that pays a decent income for their family. And what's going to happen when that day comes? And it is going to come. Don't think that it's not. And I'll explain how we're systematically getting there in just a moment. How many... How many of those individuals, if told by their boss, hey, you know, I, I noticed on Facebook that you go to that, you know, church thing, and we really don't want that kind of stuff around here because, you know, it's homophobic, it's Islamophobic, it's racist, it's, you know, you, you, you know all the terms. The ones that are being thrown around today 
by those that intend to deceive and destroy. To divide. How do we deal with that? Do you tell that employer, okay, then I guess I'm out of here. Are you going to stand on the promises of Christ your king or just, you know, kind of hang around the premises? And, you know, if it gets a little bit rough, I'm kind of going to sneak out the back door. Too many people today, and I'm going to include my generation, the baby boomers, and the ones right behind us, which were Gen X. Too many are so invested in the world, the things of God are not as important as they need be. It's easy. It's easy. I remember, I'm not going to play it, but I remember this gospel song that came out, oh, what, 20, 30 years ago. It's Southern gospel song. I like it. And it's called God in the Mountain. He's still God in the Valley. And the one line, to talk of faith, you can do it when life is easy. But it's when it's hard. It's when your faith is put to the test. It's hard to, it's hard to be trusting. It's hard to share your faith when things are really bad. And a lot of people just never stand the test. Do they really know Christ is my question. So we go back to what we read in in 1 Timothy. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons. Now, when that describes a lot of churches that I know today, they have adopted the spirit of demons. Deceitful spirits, and they are teaching demonic, damnable doctrines and heresy. They're leading people away from the cross. They are leading people away from the empty tomb. We have many today in some of these formally, formally believing churches that did great things in their time, and now they are led by the spirits of demons. I'm just going to say it. When suddenly you have a female bishop, let's say in the Episcopal Church or the Lutheran Church, you know, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is anything but evangelical, certain Presbyterians and many United Methodists, I've talked to many that don't even believe in the resurrection anymore. They don't believe in the virgin birth. So what do they believe in? What are they doing there in these churches? Even even 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I can remember having an email communication with a with an Episcopal priest out of the Tampa Bay region of Florida who had made a comment on something that I had said and and he had to ask me, he said, How do you really believe in all that foolishness of a resurrection? And I said, so I most certainly do. I said, Don't you? He goes, Of course not. I don't believe it at all. To which I asked, and so what are you doing as the priest of an Episcopal church? He said, I like organ music. I like the easy life that I've built for myself. You want to know something? You can build an easy life that way. You can deceive your people that are already deceived. They don't ask much of you. You enjoy the accolades of wearing a collar. You enjoy the fine vestments, the music, in your slowly dying church. 
that's already dead to begin with. I've been reading some interesting articles, ran into one, and, and I had to do a little bit of research on this in a few few sources, because when I, when I try to share something on this program, I want to make sure that I'm doing it as accurately as possible. And I want to go back to the year mm, somewhere in the 1600s, the mid-1600s. There was a there was a minister, call him a pastor, call him a priest, whatever. His name was Nihilus, St. Nihilus the Myrrh, gusher of Mount Athos. Kind of a hard name to spit out, but St. Nihilus the Myrrh, gusher of Mount Athos. And over these centuries, God has literally given people words of knowledge. And yes, there, I really believe, I, I disagree with some of my brethren that absolutely demand that every miracle is, you know, they're, they're they, they believe in cessation. It's all gone. I don't quite buy that. There's no indication in Scripture that that was going to work that way. I do believe a lot of the stuff that comes out of people's mouths claiming to be prophecy is pure nonsense and driven for improper purposes. But in this case, hear me out. This is what he had. This is something that he wrote. And I've read this in several places. The translations vary slightly, but, well, the message is pretty clear. And he writes in a prophecy that something that God laid upon his heart. After the year 1900, toward the middle of the 20th century, the people of that time will become unrecognizable. When the time for the advent of the Antichrist approaches. Now, let's stop right there. I've told you before, and the scripture bears this out, the spirit of Antichrist is already, is already here. It's been here since Jesus left the face of this earth. The spirit of Antichrist is here. It explains a lot about what's gone wrong in this world. The madmen of this world that caused such destruction, Mao Zedong, Adolf Hitler, you name it, these were all agents of Antichrist. And it says, as that time approaches, people's minds will grow cloudy from carnal passions, and dishonor and lawlessness will grow stronger. And even then, the world will be start to become unrecognizable. And, and this, I want you to think about this. People's appearance will change, and it will become impossible to distinguish men from women due to their shamelessness in dress and style. These people will be cruel, and will be like wild animals because of the temptations of the Antichrist. <laughs> Look at the world today. There'll be no respect for parents and elders. Love will disappear. Christian pastors, bishops, and priests will become vain men, completely failing to distinguish the right-hand way from the left. At that time, the morals and traditions of Christians and the church will begin to change. People will abandon modesty, and dissipation will reign. Falsehood and greed will, greed will attain great proportions. And woe to those who pile up treasures. Lust, adultery, homosexuality, secret deeds, 
and even murder will rule in society. Let me stop right there. This is a lot I want to share with you, and this is really important for you to understand. We see today the LGBTQ movement, and it wants to get into the younger school system. In other words, they want to get they want to go beyond college and high school. They want to get into middle school, junior high, elementary school, even kindergarten to begin to lay the seeds in their minds. This gender dysphoria, this mental illness, I think is demonically inspired in many. Look, I, I understand there is a difference between, and I'm going to just say it for what it is, there are biological errors that occur in an imperfect world, but it's rare. But it's not the levels of people deciding. You have parents saying, oh, little Johnny said he might want to be a girl. Well, how old is little Johnny? Five. So they want to put little Johnny on hormone blockers at age five because he wants to play with a doll. This is insanity. And it is infecting people that have abandoned the faith once delivered and have chased after their own phony and fake gospel. Now, here's what else he says. Now, we know murder in society. Yep. We see it, all, we see it a lot. We see people being killed, robberies. Even abortion would fit into that. We, we have no value of life anymore. And in God's eyes... Killing a child in the womb is still murder. That has not changed just because a Supreme Court or somebody voted otherwise. I'm sorry. If you're one of those politicians who belong to a church that claims to be pro-life and you're not, then you're not a member of that church, and I would just say, get out. Go away. Stop being a two-faced liar. If your church says abortion is wrong and you're in government wanting to fund it, get out of the church or get out of government. You cannot be duplicitous before God. It doesn't work. He continues, at that time, due to the power of such great crime, people will be deprived of the grace of the Holy Spirit. People will be deprived of the grace of the Holy Spirit because they, they've abandoned the faith. They're, they're living for themselves. Even being baptized is not going to mean anything. The churches of God will be deprived of God-fearing and pious pastors. And woe to the Christians remaining in the world at that time. They will completely lose their faith because they will lack the opportunity of seeing the light of knowledge from anyone at all. And they will separate themselves out of the world in holy refuges in search of, of lightening their spiritual sufferings. But everywhere they will meet obstacles and constraints. And all of this will result from the fact that the Antichrist wants to be Lord over everything and become the ruler of the whole universe. Now, listen carefully. The Bible has made it clear. This prophecy makes it clear. And he, this is the Antichrist, will produce miracles and fantastic signs. He will also give depraved wisdom to an unhappy man, so he will discover a way by which one man can carry on a conversation with another from one end of the earth to the other. At that time, this is his prophecy from the 1600s. Listen to this. 
At that time, men will also fly through the air and descend to the bottom of the sea like fish. When they have achieved all this, these unhappy people will spend their lives in comfort without knowing, poor souls, that this is the deceit of the Antichrist and the impious one. He will also complete science with vanity that will go off the right path and leave people to lose faith in the existence of God. And then God will see the downfall of the human race and will shorten the days for the sake of those few who are being saved because the enemy wants to lead even the chosen into temptation if that is possible. Then the sword of chastisement will suddenly appear and kill the perverter and his servants. I want you to think about that particular prophecy going back to the 1600s. We are talking now where we're approaching 370 years ago when this came out, long before we could ever conceive of electronics and telephones to talk around the globe, long before we could get into airliners and fly coast to coast or continent to continent, long before submarines were in the depths of the oceans for months on end. He was seeing a time of such great opportunity, great science, great research, great opportunity being stolen, being co-opted by the Antichrist. Now, I know a lot of this sounds like all bad news. It's like, okay, Bob, so where's the hope? Well, there is some, and we'll be talking about that on the program today. I want to give you an example, though, and it's going to take about two minutes and you're going to, I'll let you listen to this, but let me kind of set this up before I play it. Some of you have already probably, I know some, have opportunities to see things online. And this is a pastor in Calgary, Canada. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about this pastor. He is from Poland. He was raised in Poland. He's old enough to remember communism in Poland. His family can remember the ovens of Auschwitz and other concentration camps. He understands Gestapo tactics. He understands the Nazi-type control as it, it just gets its tentacles into every aspect of your life. And here, this goes back a little over a week ago, during Holy Week before Easter, I think this would be Monday, Thursday, when we remember the Passover, and many gather on that night before Good Friday, in looking at the video, the church is not all that crowded at all. Actually, it's very uncrowded. But a bunch of police officers show up. I thought I counted like seven or eight police officers show up to this church. And they want to come in to intimidate. You know, churches can't gather. You know, the coronavirus thing. Corona is bigger than Christ. You know that. The coronavirus is, a, is more, it's more of a threat. And it's bigger than Christ. That's what the world is telling us today. The coronavirus is stronger than Christ. And you must not meet. You must wear a mask. 
You must put on face shields. You must not partake in communion. You must, you must, you must. It goes on and on and on. All over the United States, and Canada is really awful right now. Australia, we've talked about it, I think, last week. Europe, you've got all these police officers being told by their governors or their city leaders to crush these churches. You know, I remember last year. It was a year ago. I can remember the mayor of Chicago. There was this one church that was refusing just to lock their doors. And so Mayor Lightfoot, I think is her name, Lori Lightfoot, she decides she's going to show those Christians, ah, ha, ha, I'm going to make them, I'm going to make them comply. I demand they shut down because I, the lesbian mayor of Chicago, demand it and you must comply with everything I demand. And so she told the police, she looks on a map and figures where the church is. Sunday morning, when you see all those cars parked in the street, tag them all and tow them all away. <laughs> We're going to tow every car away. We'll show those church gatherers who's boss. Well, guess what happened? They towed all the cars, but none of them belonged to anybody at the church. They were they were towing people's cars away that were staying in their homes under the stupid lockdown of Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, the media didn't really roast her as good as they should have. But once again, Louisville, Kentucky, same thing. A year ago, people trying to gather for a church service in a parking lot in their cars with the windows up, you had police officers under orders. Let me tell you something, police officers, and I respect law. I worked for a law enforcement agency, so yeah, I have a respect but you're being asked to do things you know are wrong. When somebody says shut down a church, you know constitutionally it is wrong. You don't have that right. You don't have that right to start investigating and looking at driver's licenses and, and license tags on cars because they might be violating some illegitimate order by some illegitimate mayor or governor. It's about time that those in the police stop acting like the police state. In Germany, how many how many soldiers said I was just following orders during the trials after World War II? Now getting back to this Polish pastor, before we go to the break, I want you to hear this. It only goes for about two minutes. So this group of police officers arrive and they're coming into the sanctuary. Not even a whole lot of people. He lets them have it. And he throws them out. He was no little barky dog. He was a pit bull. Listen carefully to him. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Okay. Get out of this property. Okay. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property. Immediately until... You come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property. Immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property. Immediately out. 
I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out! Out! Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed. Out! Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without the warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without the warrant. Do not come back without the warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, communist, fascists. Don't you dare coming back here. Can you imagine those psychopaths? Passover, the holiest Christian festival in a year and they're coming to intimidate Christians during the holiest festival? Unbelievable. What is wrong with those sick psychopaths? All I can say is thank you, Pastor. Thank you for standing up for what is right. Now, to those of you listening, they're going to say, well, you know, now, doesn't the Bible say to, you know, to obey those in authority? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. The Bible does say to obey those that are in authority. But the Bible also says something else that we oftentimes forget. St. Peter said it. When it comes to do you obey the laws of men or do you obey the laws of God? When given a choice, which one do you obey? Peter said, we obey God. We don't obey the laws of men when it contradicts the law of God. This pastor gets it. He came from a nation that understood, had a history. I'm sure that his parents and grandparents, if they lived and survived, passed along the horror stories of those that, you know, let's face it, in Poland, when they would take the Jews from the ghettos, they would say, get on the train. It's for your safety. He understands it. And he's going to worship Christ, his king, not some secular ruler. If you call yourself a Christian, it is time to honestly take a stand. You can't be on the fence on these matters any longer. The time has come to be counted. If you believe in this ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you take a little time to let me know that you listen? Right now we are heard on International Shortwave, and I'm looking to expand that. There's some things happening behind the scenes. I can't tell you everything yet, not until the details are all worked out. But there is a lot going on in the background. And so make it a matter of prayer to keep this radio program alive. Yeah, we're, we're, we're blessed to be online, uh, to be heard as a podcast. But I know the day's going to come when I can't always count on that. Or it may be iffy. Or I may not know that it's being shadow banned and many people can't find it anymore. Those things are happening. And they will continue to happen. 
That's why I'm talking to others about hosting our own music, hosting our own programs, hosting on demand and get away from the tech tyrants where they can, you know, snoop around and, and pull your plug. I've watched as Twitter and Facebook, one ministry, one conservative person, one Christian at a time, their entire account. And I read one the other day, the guy didn't say anything terrible. He just doesn't buy into all the nonsense being spouted by a particular party that happens to be in power right now in the United States. And his account, Twitter account with 600 and some odd thousand followers vanished forever. He's banished. He's gone. What was it, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? President Trump being interviewed by his daughter must be taken down off Facebook. Even his likeness and and his voice must be removed because he's so dangerous. Right now, Mark Zuckerberg is a God-hating fool. He believes in his power over this world, that he is going to control the narrative and the truth on every topic from politics to the coronavirus. Well, we've got to keep a voice like this around. You can go to our website, truth2ponder.com, truth2ponder.com, or if you want to use regular mail, our mailing address in Georgia. We're here for several more weeks, and then at the end of April, we're heading down to, to Georgia, and I'm debating if we're just going to have mail forwarded. We may do that briefly. Uh, we'll have mail We'll get mail delivery, maybe a few days late in Florida. We have so much to do behind the scenes, and, and I, a lot of the work will be done down there. And our But our mailing address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, at the number 263. We are in Sky Valley, two words, Sky Valley, Georgia. Zip code is 30537. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. Yesterday's clothes. Shalom Alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now if you're honest out there, you'll admit that some of you at certain times in your life, you've gone to bed with your clothes on. Come on, be honest about it. You wake up in the morning, you find yourself wearing yesterday's clothes. It's not a great feeling. You don't feel really new or fresh. Something just doesn't seem right. You, If you actually go through the day without changing, somehow it just doesn't seem legitimate. It doesn't seem quite legal. It's as if you're breaking the clothing law. It's just not cool to wear yesterday's clothes today. And just as it is in the natural, so it is in the supernatural. The New Testament speaks of putting away the old self and putting on the new. Now, interesting. In the original Greek, it speaks in terms of clothing. So to wear the old self in the new birth is to wear yesterday's clothes today. If you're born again, you're not the old person anymore. If you still think you are, it's just a case of still wearing yesterday's clothes. If you still think you're a messed up or fearful or gloomy or unloved or unwanted or scheming or wounded or addicted or unhappy person, you're wrong, my friend. The Bible says you're now a beloved child. But you know what the problem is? You forgot to take off yesterday's clothes. The day of salvation has come, the day of new beginnings and miracles, but you forgot to take off yesterday's clothes. That you, you used to believe you were, it's not you anymore. It's just an old identity. It's just clothes. It's old clothes. So by faith and in the spirit, my friend, start taking off those old clothes, start throwing away that old identity and greet the new day in the new you because it's never cool to go around 
with yesterday's clothes. Want more? Ask for old clothes, new clothes. Now, how'd you like to be faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound? Well, how about move mountains? You can. Sapphire is the super spiritual supplement to turn your walk into a super life with God. Plus, the incredible mystery of the temple doors all free. How do you get all these gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll be so blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, I invite you to join with me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. Just call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's Box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, and it's 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Sarchaim, the Prince of Life. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for a brand new week. This is the 12th of April. Hard to believe we're almost to the middle of another month. I've been looking at some stories over the last couple of weeks, and I've put a few aside I was going to try to use together on a program. And I think today or this segment is going to be perfect timing in lieu of the discussion we had in the first part of the program today. We talked about that prophecy and the great falling away, and we are in a time of falling away. The numbers in Europe and the United Kingdom, Canada, the United States, Australia, it bears it out. People are falling away from the faith. The majority are no longer believers. The Western world is on a collision course with destiny. Churches no longer preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and actually leading children into the clutches of demons and Satan himself. About a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I ran across a story, and when I read it, it made my blood want to boil. And, and understand from my background why this is so upsetting. I was raised as a Missouri Synod Lutheran, so I came out of a conservative wing of the Lutheran Church, Bible-believing, uh, memorized scripture. It's still a part of who I am today. A number in, in my family way back in the 70s were looking at this new group coming together called the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Now, my grandparents had been Missouri Synod, but the congregation they were attending broke away from the Missouri Synod Church. And even my grandmother, a wonderful person, was beginning to buy into some of the nonsense that they were beginning to, to talk about at that time. Now, I remember there was a meeting at my grandparents' house. I was going to college at the time. And there were some pastors and people in their living room and I came in one evening and they were discussing the potential of a name. What are we gonna call this new church body? They were trying to merge you know, the Lutheran Church in America, the American Lutheran Church and some others. 
And I, I just, you know, glibly said as I walked past, I'll call it the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Well, the name stuck, ELCA, E-L-C-A. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe back in the 1970s, maybe back even in the early 1980s, there were still a lot of good, faithful Christian people in that church body. But as the decades have gone by, that church has ceased to be evangelical. It has ceased even to be, in many places, even truly Christian. It is simply becoming a progressive pit that teaches and promotes acts that are in accordance with anything that is non-scriptural. They're, they're promoting things that go against the teachings of the scripture and the church. And they are, they, they become a haven of homosexuals, feminists, and people that go, that hold on to all strange, godless, moral ideas and concepts. And the whole idea of even a resurrection that we celebrated last week at Easter is irrelevant. They'd rather worship the earth. Well, the church has become known in recent decades, since like the year 2000, to being a very, well, very heavy into gay propaganda. One of the prominent ELCA bishops denies the existence of hell, but he's also pro-gay and also a gay pastor himself. Elka is also home to the infamous feminist and she, you know Pastrick, what a name, uh, Nadia Boltz Weber, who created a golden statue of a female autonomy to celebrate her hatred of biblical manhood. I mean, th- this she's a whack job. She's insane. She's crazy. Well, here's what I found. So it's bad enough that people make their own choices as adults to destroy a church body, to give themselves over to what that prophecy I talked about in the first half, to demonic spirits. These churches are invaded with demonic spirits. I'm going to stop right here and tell you something. And I I never thought I would say this on the radio, but I'm going to say it. One of the mission churches I've been working with and trying to help in another state was sharing the facility they had had a little building, and they couldn't afford it. They they were a little bit on the elderly side, and, and, and they decided they had an opportunity to move back to the church building that they shared decades earlier. See, decades before, they this church had used the facilities of a Lutheran church. It was an in one of those ELCA churches. Well, back then... All this woke nonsense and LBGTQ and, and every, all that goes along with it wasn't such a big deal. Now, granted, this church body had a few strange things going on, but the little church that I'm now involved with that was sharing that facility, they kind of grew there and then they eventually moved out and on their own. Lack of leadership, lack of trying to identify in the community, The church began to age out, and as it got smaller, it couldn't afford the building they were in. They were leasing, so when the lease came up, they had an opportunity to move back to that Lutheran church building. Wonderful building. Wonderful location. It's a dying ELCA church down to a handful of 
of members that are just attached there. Some are very, well, they're the baby boomers that have adapted to everything strange and woke. Whenever I've been in that building, I say this in all absolute seriousness. Listen to me carefully. Whenever I walk into that building, I feel an oppressive spirit. My wife feels that oppressive spirit. It is a spirit of heaviness and it's a spirit of darkness that permeates in that, in that space. The altar is not an altar unto God. It's used for just awful things that they think are for serving God. And I have felt it. And I have made the statement to that little mission, you're going to die in this building. You can never grow here. God's Holy Spirit does not reside here. I feel the presence of literally demonic spirits in that building. It is shared now by three different so-called church bodies. One is the Eve, you know, the, the Elka Church. The other is some kind of gay-promoting uh, quasi-Roman Catholic kind of church. They're not really Roman Catholic. They just want to be gay and Catholic. And so you have this bishop that calls himself a bishop who's married to another man. And they all get together, you know, about 12 or 13 of them. And they have their little mass, their little gay mass in that building. Just prior to this, supposedly the church body that I'm trying to help, that I'm trying to get out of that place, you come in after that group, you feel the presence of demons. You just do. Don't tell me they don't exist. Well, here's what the church has done now, Elka. The denomination has created an app for children to use on their little phones. Are you ready for this? This app is where, this app is so devoid of God's laws and morals. It is an app to create LGBTQ characters and even let them get married on the app. Yes. And it's available now in the Apple Store, which, by the way, has been banning Christian apps for Christians seeking to leave the LGBTQ lifestyle. This uh, app is from the Metropolitan New York Senate of the of Elka. It's, it's a new app and it's designed for children. As children's, this is what they write. This is from the website. Looked it up. This is from the Metropolitan New York Senate of the of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is neither Lutheran nor Evangelical. Here's what it says. Once again, this is from their website. This is not me saying it. As children virtually enter the open doors of the Lutheran Church, kids of all backgrounds who speak any language can enjoy this entirely visual interactive experience. The Metropolitan New York Synod's Children's App is a joyful experience designed to engage and educate children in the beauty of accepting and welcoming love of God And it features different games. They can play a game of memory that showcases culture. Marry a a couple at a church of the ethnicity and gender identity combination you desire. Did you hear that? 
Did you hear that? In other words, you know, hey, grab two men and we can use the app to marry them. It has supposedly biblical illustrations composed a piece of music and with the help of a jazzy band of mice who accompany the kids on, on drums, bass, guitar, and piano or simply read through various pictorial Bible stories. These games are fun and creative, allowing children to embody and embrace the radically welcoming inclusivity of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Yeah, this app and the website boast child-friendly navigation, colorful and playful illustrations that bring these values to life, fun challenges that enable children to learn and grow. And it claims, this is what it claims for children, that it is culturally, ethically, LGBTQIA plus welcoming. How sweet. How wonderful that this is to help the church in finding where they need to be in their world. Jesus has something to say about it. Found in Matthew 18 and verse number 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. You see this all the time. The farther and farther they fall away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the more they begin to infect our children and lead them astray. It's not only the dangers of having our children in many of our public schools in the United States where they are teaching similar anti-biblical values. Now you have to watch out for some of these so-called churches in this country. I'm not surprised that only 47% of the people in the United States identify with any church or synagogue or even a mosque, that 53% are completely detached from faith, a denomination, a church body, or any religion at all. It's the great falling away. This is the world now in which we live. We are fallen away. And I look, I look at that prophecy I shared just a few minutes ago, and it rings so true. In my lifetime, things quietly and gradually began to change. By the 1960s, open heretics were never shut down in many of the mainline churches. Over time, they took control. They now are steering the ship into perilous waters. We have a lot to do, and I opened the program today. Do we really stand up for what we believe? Are we going to capitulate to the state and the woke crowd and the those that will use the terms racism and anti-gay, anti-this? Are you going to allow yourself to be beaten down I'm I'm sorry to offend you. I didn't mean to offend you. 
Thank you, Governor, for saving us from dying of the coronaviruses in our churches. You know, that virus spreads from Jesus in communion to us. So you tell me. I am tired. And you're going to hear this from my mouth a lot of times over the weeks ahead. I have no tolerance for the church wimpy any longer. I have no tolerance for the church woke. May it go broke. I have no tolerance for churches that are trying to tell our children it's okay for two men to get married or two women to get married. I'm so over it. These are damnable doctrines of heresy that are going to damn those people that are teaching it to an eternal hell. I'm tired of it. That one church I'm mentioning that's sharing the building, I'm telling them, get out. Do not touch the unclean thing. Get out of there. If you don't, then I'm throwing that church body, that that congregation, out of the denomination I represent. They got a choice. Get out from among them or just get out, period. I don't want to hear about your money problems. I've heard about how lousy you did in trying to grow a church. You were too busy playing church to be a church. And so this is what you get. The church wimpy is a worthless church unto an almighty God. I can remember it was a year ago. Easter fell a little later last year. Matter of fact, it was the 12th of April, which happens to be today. Today, of course, is Monday, but it was a Sunday then. And I had produced a little video where I was at working in emergency management. We didn't know what the direction was going to be, but I said a couple of things that I want you to hear right now. Yet here we are, four months into the new year. Schools are closed down. You can't go to a restaurant. You have to remain six feet away from people whenever you do get out. In some parts of the country, you can't even go to a drive-in church service and stay in your car and forget about going inside of a church building. Governors and local officials have shut down church services all over. It is a time that the likes of which I've never seen. And I'm sure you feel the same. That audio clip came from a video that I made while working in emergency management a year ago. And it was part of my weekend radio show. I used the soundtrack. We all hope that by Easter we would have seen the peak and and maybe by the summer this was going to be behind us. So many believe that the lockdowns will be over soon. Just a little while longer, we'll be there. Here we are a year later, and many of the same policies are still in place. We have children, many of which are so far behind school-wise, they'll never catch up. There's no way. And then we have people still so fearing this virus. We know that children are virtually safe from it. They really don't spread it. But you have these people, and I, I shared this last week, and in case, I want you to hear it again. This is from a school district in Idaho, talking about 
wearing a face mask by a person wearing a face mask who is having a hard time breathing and thinks it's wonderful for our children to be oxygen deprived. And they don't need to visit our school district to make recommendations for everyone. And they currently have recommendations out that with the current level of transmission in Bonneville County, that we should be in hybrid for the elementary schools and virtual for middle schools and high schools. But, and we're not following that, but I do think that we should follow their require, their request and their recommendation for masking. I'm done. So you want to pick and choose? Yes, I do. Yes, I do want to pick and choose. Because I think you might have a point, Paul, that we want to pick some things that are best for our local area. But some things might be best to follow the recommendations of the doctors. And I don't think that picking and choosing is a bad thing. That school board member was wearing a face mask and sitting down and not exerting herself. And you can hear that she is running out of breath and she knows what's best for our children. They need to wear a face mask all day in school and be behind little plastic plexiglass bubbles to protect them and the teachers from... from This is insane. This woman is crazy. This is what is educating our children, people living in abject fear. We'll be talking more about this because they're taking advantage of something. We've talked about the numbers and how they've been manipulated and they're not true. What's going on? And as Christians, what are we doing about it? Are we going to shut down our churches every time the Gestapo arrives and says, social distance, put on your face mask, no communion for you. When does it end? It ends when we stand up. And even if we are defeated in standing up, we can't sit down any longer. The church compliant to those that serve the Antichrist is not the solution. We can't be the church wimpy another moment. We're called to greater things. We're called to stand up against the apostate church as well. Do you believe in the ministry we have here at Truth to Ponder? If you do, would you consider making a financial gift to simply pay for the airtime, shortwave airtime? You can mail a check to Ancient Word Radio, and our address is 21 Berkshire, B-E-R-K-S-H-I-R-E, 21 Berkshire Lane, number 263. That's number 263. That's our secure P.O. Box. Sky Valley, Georgia, 30537. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.